Hey everyone, so good to have you with us today on the Practicology Podcast. Back a couple of weeks ago on episode 101, we talked about the sadness and depression that we can feel, especially this time of year. And Mike led us through four ways in which those sad feelings can actually be turned around to bring us at least a measure of comfort. Mike, you said you were going to have a follow-up episode. Here it is, Four Truths to Make You Sing Again. Yes, that's right. And they all come from Psalm 149. Of course, this is the second last psalm in the whole collection of psalms. And uh, often individual psalms, they start sad and they end happy. And I really appreciate that about them. They, they take us on that journey. They, they take us from where we are, which is often down or scared or upset. And through prayer, they help us to get to a place where we are more joyful and maybe more at rest. And really the whole collection of psalms, all 150 of them, as a, as a group, they function like this. By and large, the psalms start sad and the collection ends happy. So a lot of the early psalms are lament psalms. But as we get to the end of the collection, they're all praise psalms, uh, especially Psalms 145 to 150. It's actually a pretty exhilarating finish. Mm-hmm. And this Psalm 149 is a great example of that. It begins and ends with the word hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. And here's how the first few verses of the psalm go. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Mike, there is a lot of celebrating and praising going on in those verses. Yeah, there sure is. There, there's singing, there's music, there's gladness, celebration, rejoicing, exalting. There's even singing for joy in their beds as these saints go to sleep at night. And when we read this, we want in on it. We want to enjoy that unspeakable joy in God again too. And the really helpful thing about this psalm is it tells us how we can get it. In other words, it gives us reasons to rejoice. It doesn't, it doesn't just, you know, exhort us, rejoice, rejoice, but it, it tells us how we can rejoice or why, what truths to meditate on that will cause us to rejoice. It tells us how our hearts can learn to sing again. Sure, I noticed that important word at the beginning of verse 4, the word for. Uh, rejoice and sing and be glad in God for. And, and then it gives two reasons right there in the verse. It's explaining why we should be rejoicing and singing and being glad. Yeah, and if we could only know what those two things were, and if we, you know, camped out on them and meditated on them, we'd maybe sing ourselves to sleep too. Yeah, that would be something. If, if we could only know what those things were. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to them. But they're actually truths two and three in the psalm that will cause us to sing again. And I, I see at least four truths in this psalm to get us singing again. So before we get to the two in your verse there, Matthew in verse four, let's start with the first reason the psalm gives us. Number one, hear what God calls you. Hear what God calls you. In this psalm, God calls us something three times. It, it's so important, he repeats it three times. And what is that? Well, he calls us godly. You can look at verses 1, 5, and 9. Three times, God calls us godly. In the King James, the word is translated saints. So, is this word part of your vocabulary for yourself? Do you ever look in the mirror and see someone who is godly? Do you know yourself to be a saint? 
Well, if you're a Christian, that is what God calls you. Yeah, this reminds me of Paul's letter to the Corinthians. We we cited this a few weeks ago in episode 100 and how that church seemed to be a far cry from having their spiritual act together and yet God addresses them as saints. That's what he calls us to, saints. And we might protest and say, I don't feel very saintly. But that's like saying God's wrong. We're, we're sort of making him a liar. If God calls you a godly one or a saint, well, if God calls you that, then that's what you are. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you talked about this way back in episode 58. That would be a great episode to go back to if you want a reminder of this precious truth. Uh, but you know, this word in Hebrew here in Psalm 149 is a bit different. It's a word very closely related to the word chesed, which is uh, the familiar Old Testament word for God's steadfast love or his loving kindness to us. And so this word here in Psalm 149 is calling us the chesedim. And uh, Jim Hamilton translates it, therefore, as God's loving kindness ones, his loving kindness people. So that's what God calls you. He calls you his loving kindness one, his special child marked out as the intimate object of his eternal love. This is what sets you apart in this world. You are loved by God. Well, that is definitely worth singing about. What a treasured truth. And I think this next truth will help us sing a little more as well. Secondly, know how he feels about you. And now we're finally getting to verse 4, where the psalm explicitly states a reason why we can be happy in God. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Well, I've really been getting some mileage out of this verse lately, Matthew. Uh, I find the Christian life hard, as you know. And Satan's constantly trying to tell me that God takes no pleasure in me. He's, uh, he's taking me to heaven, sure, but only because he has to. He's stuck with me now. And he doesn't delight in me. He's probably disappointed with me. But then I come to this verse. God, how do, you, how do you feel about me? And God, through this verse, answers. He says, Mike, I take pleasure in you. I take pleasure in my people. Helen was telling me that she recently listened to a podcast that um, talked about how marketers target us at this time of year. In episode 101, we talked a little bit about all the things against our joy in January, February, most of them weather-related maybe, and also financial-related. Well, marketers target us too in, in the area of self-improvement. And, and so we're getting all this advertising about, you know, there's bins on sale. In other words, you should get more organized. And there's fitness apps and gym memberships on sale. In other words, you're not in shape enough. You're not enough. That's the message of the advertising. Well, we can counter that with this truth. How does God feel about me? He takes pleasure in me. So think of the Lord Jesus at his baptism. He comes out of the water. And what does he hear the Father say? The Father says to him, You are my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. That's Mark 1.11. Now, realize this. Every one of us who has trusted in Christ, the New Testament says that we are in Christ. And so in Christ, we can hear the Father saying those words to us. We can hear him saying to us, with you, I am well pleased. And Mike, to be clear, this is something you're saying, this is absolutely true of every Christian, right? It's, it's positionally true, we could say. It's not conditionally true. But the New Testament does also speak of the fact that as Christians, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. So is there a sense in which God can be positionally pleased with us, delighting in his people, and yet 
be grieved by some sin we're committing in our practice at the same time? Well, I'd love to hear how you would answer that, Matthew. Um, maybe maybe you'll have something when I'm done giving my short answer to that question. But uh, I do believe that's the case, yes. And actually, sometimes this really haunts me. You know, what, what if I'm displeasing God by something in my life? What if he's really grieved with me right now? And I was actually thinking about this last night, and my mind went to those two prodigal sons. Uh, did it grieve the father when his younger son left home? You bet it did. Did it grieve him when the oldest son refused to come into the party? Yes, it certainly did. But, but what pleased this father in the story? What does he get all excited about? What really uh, uh, fills his face and heart with joy? It's when the youngest son came home. So, yes, positionally in Christ, the father takes pleasure in me all the time. But also, yes, I can grieve the Lord by my sin. But thirdly, yes, even then, I can practically please the Father in my life by one simple thing, coming home to Him, confessing my sin, telling Him about those conflicted thoughts I have, trying to sort it out in His presence. He loves it when we come home. 100%. That's well put, well explained. Thank you. All right, well, let's move on to number three then, and that is to look at how God clothes you. This one's also coming from verse four. Remember verse four says, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. That's how he feels about us. But then uh, now we're looking at how he clothes us. It says at the end of the verse, he adorns the humble with salvation. Which again is kind of like the father and his prodigal son that you just cited. He, he clothed his son with the finest robe. Yeah, he sure did. And our Father has done the same with us. He's clothed us with robes of salvation. He's clothed us with perfect divine righteousness. I remember the first time I got to go to Taylorside Youth Conference in Saskatchewan. I've been many times since. But at that point, I was probably 12 or 13, and I just felt that I didn't have any nice clothes to wear to a conference. And, you know, I didn't even enjoy being at my first ever youth conference because I was so embarrassed by what I was wearing. But no Christian needs to feel that way in God's presence, because the clothing that we have, they, it comes from God himself. God is the one who's provided us something to wear, and it's the very righteousness of God. Yeah, I love that. That is a declaration of the gospel. This is a, a righteousness of God, a righteousness from God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Mike, I know you're wanting to, to give every encouragement you can to listeners to read Pilgrim's Progress uh, with us in February. So just let me drop something in here from that story. There's a part where, where Christian tells how he occasionally overcomes temptation. And he says, when I think about what I experienced at the cross, that will do it. When I look at the embroidered coat, that will do it. And that embroidered coat that Christian looked at is the same one that we have to look at. And when we look at it, that will do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, a great Pilgrim's Progress reference. And, you know, um, it just brings me back to that question you just asked too, Matthew, you know, about, about is God pleased with us? Well, you know, we might feel that we're not living as high up spiritually as we'd like to be and that God's disappointed with us. But, but I think to, to, to do like Christian, right? To look at this embroidered coat we have, to realize, hey, what does God see? He sees me covered in this perfect divine righteousness, this beautiful embroidered coat that he himself has clothed with, uh, uh, me with. And, and then uh, the two parts of the verse go together, right? 
why does he take pleasure in me? Well, partly because he's clothed me in, in this salvation. So I think we can always enjoy this truth that God is, is pleased with me. You know, um, Christian mentions in, in Pilgrim's Progress, in that context, he mentions two more things that he looks at and that often gives him deliverance over temptation and evil thoughts. And, and the, the, the uh, other one, or one of those two things, is this. He says, when my thoughts turn to the place to which I am going, that will do it. And that takes me to the final thing I want to draw out from Psalm 149. The fourth truth that will make your heart sing again is to see the honor that God promises you. To see the honor that God promises you. So the last half of the psalm tells of this end times battle. This is uh, according to Jim Hamilton's very well-argued contextual interpretation. Uh, tells of an end times battle in which God will triumph once and for all over all evil and how his godly ones, his saints, his loving kindness ones will prevail and reign with him. And then verse 9 says, this is honor for all his loving kindness ones. Praise the Lord. Do you know what this groaning creation we're in is longing for? Paul tells us the answer in Romans 8. Creation is groaning, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. That's you and me, believers. In other words, we're going to share in Christ's glory. We're, we're going to be glorified with him and reign with him. And that's the honor and glory God promises to you. And the Apostle John reminds us of God's promise, doesn't he, Mike? I'm thinking of 1 John 2, 25. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. Yeah, so how about having this little conversation with yourself today? Say, say self, what would it take to make you sing again? To make you glad in the Lord Jesus again? Um, and, and this is what you'd say. You'd say, if I could hear what God calls me, his loving kindness one, that would do it. If I could know how he feels about me, that he takes pleasure in me, that would do it. If I could see how he clothes me and covers all my shame with his own righteous robes of salvation, that would do it. And if I could remember what he's promised me, the honor and glory of reigning with Jesus Christ, that would do it too. Let them sing with joy on their beds. That reminds me, I still don't think I've shared with you that wonderful message I've told you about before by E.V. Hill on God at his best. But one of his recommendations in that message is that we should take our songbooks to bed with us and sing those songs and rejoice in the goodness of God. And, and this song gives us the same advice. So it's good words. Thanks, Mike, for sharing that with us today. You're very welcome. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. May the Lord bless you and give you a new song to sing to his glory. Amen. See you next week, everyone. Amen.